Well, good evening, folks. Corey Brada here from the Hawkeye of the Storm, Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close on a Sunday afternoon slash evening. The Hawkeyes, the Iowa Hawkeye men, winning their fourth straight Big Ten affair. How about that? And uh, we got plenty to talk about. The Hawkeyes are rolling right now, and uh, uh, this game was basically controlled from start to finish. There were moments where it looked like Maryland would uh, make a push, and they did make a push, but uh, was never enough to overcome the hole that Iowa really had uh, dug for the Terrapins. And, boy, to do it with uh, basically a non-existent night from Philip Robracha, and part of that's foul trouble. But Robracha finishing the night with just uh, three field goal attempts, four points and four boards. Um, to to win this in this fashion without real production from Philip Robracha is a, it, impressive. I, I'd say that. And frankly, Chris Murray wasn't always himself. Got it going in that second half, but I think he started the game one of six was the graphic the Big Ten Network showed. Uh, Tony Perkins, what a night for him, and they needed his 22 points. He has been struggling mightily, and I think the big thing to take away from this, and we'll get to our caller here in a second, the big thing to take away from this performance from uh, Tony Perkins, when Philip Robracha went down in the first half with two fouls and Chris Murray went down with two fouls, then Peyton Sanford goes down with two fouls. I tweeted it out. It was an opportunity for Tony Perkins to be kind of forced back into action and forced back into a, a place where he could gain some confidence naturally. And I think back to what I thought was the turning point with Peyton Sanford. You think t- uh, to the Indiana game. I don't remember what he shot in the second half of the Penn State game. Uh, but I can tell you in that second half of the Indiana game, Peyton Sanford was big. And I do believe, well, actually, first half he was big in the first half of the Indiana game. Um, I, I just think sometimes when you're forced into action, of course, Patrick Murray or Patrick McCaffrey went down in that game. When sometimes when you're forced into action, um, you know, guys end up showing up. And Chris Murray uh, going down, I thought, with two fouls in this game, gave Tony Perkins an opportunity where they need Iowa needed his scoring, and uh, they certainly got it. Tony Perkins finishing the night with 22 points, and. Uh, 22 points and four boards along with three assists for Tony Perkins, 10 of 13 from uh, the field. So uh, you hope that's a turning point because boy, you have a full strength, full bore confidence from, from Tony Perkins along with uh, a foul trouble less Tony, uh, Philip Robracha and Chris Murray. This team could be clicking on all cylinders in February and March. And that's of course what you want. We've got 80 people here already. Um, Watching, appreciate all you being here. Before we get to our first callers, we've got Coach Close joining us here shortly. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that we are available on our YouTube channel from the Hawkeye of the Storm. All of our shows are podcasted as well. If you're interested in listening to the recorded version of each of our shows, search from the Hawkeye of the Storm on your favorite podcast platforms. This is a platform out there that you use that we are not yet accessible on. Certainly reach out to me. Let me know in the chat. Let me know by email from the eye of the storm at outlook.com is my email. But all of our uh, longer shows are podcasted for your enjoyment. So um, please take a moment to hit that like button as well. If you're here, please hit the like button and uh, we'll go from there. Um, let's get to our first caller who's been on hold. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game. Who's on the line? Yes, this is uh, Brian from Stanwood, Iowa. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good, good. I'm doing good. Yeah, it was a great victory. I just first, I just want to say what a great job you've been doing. I've been watching you for the last about year, year and a half, and 
telling all my friends who are Hawkeye fans to go to your channel and to listen. So because you well, do you, a Brian. excellent job and getting all the information to us and and everything else. So thank you, sir. I, that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it was a great victory. It's good to see Tony um, basically like Peyton, you know, come out of the slump to to have a great game, and hopefully this is a building block for him to move forward and and with everybody now, you know, starting to. I think gelled together. It's we're just going to be a tough team to beat coming down the stretch because I before I got on, I kind of looked at the remaining schedule and it's I wouldn't say favorable, but it's it's a good schedule for us to really make some damage moving forward in the Big Ten that maybe compete for a Big Ten title. So uh, yeah. I mean, right now, the Big Ten, let's be honest, the Big Ten is wide open, and Rutgers might be the second-best team in the Big Ten, and Iowa just beat them on the road a week ago. Purdue, yeah. of course, I think is unquestionably the best team. But you're, you're right. This conference is eating itself alive. I, I kind of said that earlier today, that it's kind of cannibalizing itself, which the Big Ten does on a year-in, year-out basis. But I think it's even more balanced this year, and it gives an, a team like Iowa an opportunity now to finish. You can, I mean, there's no reason to think Iowa shouldn't have the goal of finishing in the top three or four of the conference, because right now they are in the top three or four of the conference. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 And, and the remaining games, yeah, what you're mentioning Purdue and we play Purdue strong year after year. I mean, we just beat them in the big 10 championship game, you know, last, you know, or, you know, last year we, you know, we play certain teams strong like Michigan state. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game, but we play them strong. I mean, Wisconsin are going to be a scary game. They always struggle, I think with Wisconsin, but with what I see, it's, we should definitely should be finishing the top echelon in the Big Ten, and who knows if, if things fall out, you know, or fall in, you know, we might be right there for a Big Ten, Big Ten title. Yeah, I mean, right now they, of course, they already played Wisconsin at home. They get Wisconsin on the road in February. They uh, they haven't played Purdue yet. They do get them in West Lafayette coming up. Um, you know, Ohio State's struggling. Minnesota's not very good. Um, you mentioned Michigan State. Of course, they're physical. That's going to cause some some problems. Iowa gets Nebraska at home. I think Iowa's going to beat Nebraska at home after losing the way they did in Lincoln. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah gonna, I mean. That's going to be a revenge game. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and it should be. And it's probably going to be an important game because it's the last game of the regular season, and who knows how close Iowa will be to the bubble. Keep in mind, Brian, they dug themselves a hole by losing to Nebraska, by losing to Eastern Illinois. So there's not yeah. a whole lot of margin for error. I mean, right now they are a tournament yeah. team. I think so without a question. But Joe Lunardi of ESPN, their last check, he has them, I believe, as one of his last four by teams. So as well as they've been playing, they're still on the bubble technically. So Yeah, um, yeah, I checked that too. And I saw they were on ESPN's bracketology that they were the first four outs. Well, I, when I saw that, that was okay. about, a, about a week ago. So yeah, that, so yeah with these with these yeah. games yeah we're building ourselves back up so but this is i mean you're, you're you're rounding into form at the right time and like i said with uh, the way they won tonight getting tony going um you expect philip to bounce back because he's just he's done it in basically every other oh, game yeah Peyton's playing yeah. well and this is what yeah, you needed. you're just going yeah you're going to have games where you're just not you know not up to par each i mean they're they're human beings you know they're going to have a bad game they'll he'll bounce back and and be a force down the stretch. So Absolutely. when somebody don't have a good game, that's when other people step up, and that's a sign of a good team, a good coach yep. team. So Absolutely, but Brian. One, one, yeah, one last thing, and I'll let you go. I'll just, just kind of curiosity since you have a lot of information. I'm just curious on a basketball recruit that they 
gone after uh, out east uh, for next year's class, uh, Donnie Freeman. I don't know if you heard anything on him. I know we're in his top five, I believe, and I don't know if you heard anything on him. How you know? How are we sitting with him? <laughs> I, I was thinking, and I could be wrong on this. Um, I'd have to look this up. I know Blair Sanderson of On3 does a really good job following Iowa basketball recruiting, but I was thinking Donnie Freeman was planning a visit to Iowa. I I could be wrong on that. I'd have to look. But, no, I was definitely in the race for Donnie Freeman, and he's a really good, I think, high four-star recruit. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you give Frank credit. He's been close on a lot of recruits of Donnie Freeman's stature, and he's landed a couple. I mean, DeSante Bowen was a four-star, but, but Donnie Freeman is probably in a class slightly above even a Cooper Koch or a, a – a DeSante Bowen. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to land him because there's going to be a lot of teams throwing a lot at him. I mean, literally throwing yeah. a lot of dollar bills at that kid. He's kinda, yeah. He's got in the class that we, when we got, you know, was fortunate to get is Tyler Cook, you know, and that, that's yeah. on, you know, out of Accolade High School. So, but you got we one, one thing to I think him, so. the good, the good, if you want to point at one difference maker potentially in being able to land some East Coast guys that they weren't successful landing before would be the addition of Courtney Eldridge to the full-time staff as one of the main three assistants. Cause yep. he's obviously got great yep. roots out I, East and uh, that will help the recruiting. And Brian, I got Gary close on the line. Can I? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I understand. Yep. That's, I okay. just want to get that in, but I just wanted to have Colin and, and say what, you know, at the beginning, what a great job you've done and, and uh, have a, have a good night. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brian. All right, we're rolling along here. Iowa post game with Coach Gary Close, recapping Iowa's eighty-one to sixty-seven victory, and I believe we have the one and only Coach Gary Close on the line. Coach, can you, you hear do. me? Yeah, we're just heading out of Carver Hawkeye Arena. Well, uh, I'm glad you made After it down today. Uh, it looked like a good crowd. Can you, first of all, Gary? Can you comment on the the showing of Iowa fans today on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah, they, I thought they did a great job. It was. Um, uh, pretty much full other than the student section a little bit. And uh, they got into the game. And and um, so, you know, you won four in a row. That's a good place to be. Let's talk about how this one went down, Gary, because uh, Maryland's been a weird team. I, I mean, I was looking through some of their results, and, and I hadn't watched a ton of Terrapin basketball before this game. But they've got some really good wins on the resume, and they've got some head-scratching losses. I think they lost by – almost 30 to UCLA. They lost by almost 30 to Michigan. So sometimes when they get beat, they get beat badly. And so it looked like a couple of times in this game when Iowa pushed it to 10 and pushed it to 16 that they're going to go away. And I give Kevin Willard and that staff credit. They called timeouts, I thought, at opportune times and kept the Terrapins close. But Iowa found a way to clamp down in the end and, and never give up the lead. How did Iowa get the job done? Well, I think they uh... – they did a nice job. You know, they lose for Bracha and Murray in the first half. And uh, so we, you know, so Tony stepped up, Aaron Yules had a couple of big shots and, and Peyton gave us a lift off the bench. And uh, so I think Maryland just had a hard time getting, you know, throwing some consecutive stops in a row. So they could never really get to the point other than those two quick threes at the beginning of the half to get it to four. But after that, just kind of had a comfortable lead and, and uh, just couldn't, more of a scarier game. So kind of a workmanlike solid win that in this league is you'll take it for sure. I always like asking questions like this, Gary, if I had told you ahead of time that Philip Robracha would uh, struggle with foul trouble all night, would end up scoring just four points and totaling four rebounds. 
uh, and Chris Murray would start off one of six and would be out much of the first half with foul trouble. Would you have liked Iowa's chances? I know. That's, that, that's why it's a, it's, a, it's a good win because uh, those two guys, I don't think between the two of them had more than six points in the first half. I spent most of the time on the bench, and they they got contributions from some people they haven't had lately. And and uh, so that's encouraging. So they found a way. And that's, uh, you know, in this league, that's what it's all about. So strung four together, got another home game, could make it five. And uh, it's a lot better than we were thinking a couple weeks ago. I made a comment during that first half, Gary. Uh, you know, you have Chris go down with two fouls. You have Philip Robracha go down with two fouls. And I made the comment at the time. I said, this is an opportunity for Tony Perkins to get his confidence back because he's sort of similar to where Peyton Sanford was against Indiana when Patrick McCaffrey's out. And all of a sudden, you're being thrust into a situation where you have to score. There's no chance of you being pulled. They need your offense. And I kind of felt like Tony Perkins was in that situation in the first half. You knew they needed him to step up, and boy, did he ever. 22 points, 10 to 13 from the field. What would you think of uh, Tony P? Yeah, he looked uh, like he was a player of old. You know, he looked confident. He looked quick. You know, he did a good job finishing around the basket. Um, pretty good shot, uh, shot, you know, shot selection in terms of getting good looks. A couple crazy turnovers, but um, all in all, you know, a big, big performance when they had to have it. And uh, so that's encouraging because he's had a couple weeks of struggles, and so it's good to see him break out of which we kind of, kind of expected. You know, he's. You know, he's a veteran player that's had some good moments, so that was good to see. Peyton Sanford, for the most part, keeping it rolling with uh, with 12 points, um, seven boards tonight. And I'll give Fran credit. I Boy, when you see a lineup that featured Aaron Euless, Tony Perkins, Josh Dix, Peyton Sanford, and Connor McCaffrey, you're thinking, yeah. boy, if we can win this stretch, uh, that's a major, major victory. And Here's what happened, and I think I tracked this correctly, Gary. So they, of course, went with Euless, Perkins, Dix, Sanford, Connor. Then Sanford gets his second foul, and so they go to Bowen. So you had, you know, I mean, two, I mean, two true point guards, then a guy who's played a lot of point guard in Tony, plus Dix, plus Connor. And over the course of that time where they played those six guys combined, Iowa was able to break even with Maryland 14-14 to 14 in that first half. How big was that for Iowa to at least break even in that stretch when they were dealing with, with foul trouble? Yeah, that was huge. I mean, that was huge because we were we were down some some players, obviously, and and a run there could have made a tight at half, and then it's a totally different game. So, um, having Connor in there is, is big. He can kind of settle everybody down. He doesn't make mistakes, and um, you know he is he is he may not be a a stat stuffer, but boy, he sure is solid and good passer and defender and 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 really experienced. So it's good having him in there with that group and. They held their own, which which is what you want from your bench. I give Maryland credit for this, Gary. I thought early they were just completely careless with the basketball. I know they're known. I think Dave Rebson said during the broadcast, they're the one Big Ten team out there right now that has a negative assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, they were just completely careless with the ball. But I give Iowa credit. Good active hands early. Maryland seemed to clean things up in the second half. I thought Willard must have made some good adjustments at halftime because uh, they played cleaner basketball, but that hurt, certainly hurt Maryland early. Yeah, there's there's no doubt, especially on the road. You just can't afford, you know, wasted possessions with a team that scores a lot of points. And um, unfortunately, they had that, and and that was a big uh, 
that was a big problem, but they did short up a little bit. And like we said, they never, you know, they, they hung in there. They never, um, you know, got themselves out of the game and, and made it interesting. They just couldn't, couldn't string a real streak together to make it really interesting. And that's to Iowa's credit. Coach, uh, Ryan Carper in our chat wants to know uh, if the guards being aggressive uh, was the difference in this game. Did you see an, an intensity? Certainly from Tony, we did. But uh, overall, did you like Iowa's guard play uh, as opposed to maybe during their losing streak? It seems like they have taken it a notch up. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was a that was a, a a much much more improvement. I thought they looked much more aggressive, much more under control and confident, and and uh, especially Tony. And, uh, you know, as we talked about it, they needed it because they were, they were hurting there with uh, guys on the bench. So um, that's a good sign because uh, for this team to really do something, they need everybody contributing. And what's happened is they've had some, some games and some, some others, and sometimes that's cost them the game. Sometimes it hasn't. Um, but, um, you know, they're, they're trending in the right direction, and that's, that's what's good to see. Let me just say this, Gary. Uh, I, I've been hard on Aaron Euless at times. I, I want to give him credit. I think he's playing better. I don't think there's any question about it. He's he's playing better. Nine points today, um, and I believe – let me just double-check this. Uh, yes, zero turnovers for Aaron Euless. He's playing better. I don't think there's any question about it, Coach. Yeah. You know, I, I think that might have been his maybe his best game of the year. I agree. Uh, there might have been a non-conference game that uh, – certainly his best Big Ten game. And, um, he, he's got some skill. He just, you know, he's a, he's a work in progress like a lot of them are. And, uh, but hopefully this is, this is a performance that he can build on. And, and, um, he looked, he looked much more confident, um, much more sure with the ball than he, than he has all year. So, um, you know, maybe he had a couple of good days of practice and, and he translated that onto the court. Last question for me, Gary, um, were you at all? I mean, uh, Philip Robrach, I know, struggled with foul trouble. Still played twenty four minutes, but kind of a, a quiet game from him, um, given the twenty four minutes. I mean, I, I would expect in twenty four minutes for for more than four and four for Philip. What what did Maryland do to make it hard on Robrach tonight? Well, the kid he was going against had pretty good length. I think you know, anytime you sit for a while, it's hard to you know, it's hard to get your rhythm back. And uh, you know, he missed a couple around the basket that he normally makes, but. That kid, um, you know, he's not much of an offensive player, but he's got he's got some pretty good size, and they obviously you know paid some attention to him with with you know with some help and had guys around him. And uh, but I just think he, you know, between the foul troubles and missed a couple shots, he never really got into a rhythm that he's been almost doing every single game. So it's encouraging that they didn't get much from him, and and we're still able to win fairly easily. And of course, you're talking about Julian Reese. He's going to be a good one. I mean, he's a, he's just a sophomore. He's got a chance. Um, yep, he, he's got a chance. He he sure fouls a lot. <laughs> he, he he does. He, lead, yeah. he leads the conference in fouls per game, Gary. Yeah, well, that's 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 coaching and teaching and learning because uh, you know you get that reputation and the officials know it and players know it and um, but he's raw. Big guys, you know, he's a big raw guy that you know hopefully you know will get better with time. Um, but he does he does pose some defensive problems. And until things change, uh, I think it's safe to say no one saw this coming. Four straight wins. You're you're above 500 in the conference. And if you look at the standings, Gary, uh, right now Iowa is um, well, they are in I guess fifth place technically, but uh, they're mm-hmm. tied in, in the win column for uh, third place with Michigan State, who's who's played just six yep. games along with Michigan. So uh, yeah, 
Yeah, it's wide. It's wide open, Gary. This conference is cannibalizing it's itself. Yeah, like we talked about the other day, I think Purdue's the only team capable of running away with it. Yeah, I agree. and I'm not sure they will. They got a big game tomorrow against Michigan State, uh, but the other teams, there's not much separation. Those other teams, it's going to be the, you know, the teams that get healthy, the teams that improve. Um, you know, they're the ones that'll be at the top of that pack. But it's going to be. Uh, could be a wild, uh, wild uh, league because uh, everybody's so, so even. And and Gary, I did appreciate. Uh, uh, of course, Dave. I love Dave Revson. I've always loved Dave Revson, and I like Brian Butch. I know you coached Brian Butch. Um, so yep. those two, those two guys were on the call today for BTN, and they found you in the crowd, Gary. They actually took. Did they about, found me in the crowd? Those suckers. They, oh, they, I'm going to talk to both. Of them. They took about five. Well, no, they were. They took about five minutes. They found you, and you were talking to Patty. Uh, street at the time and uh, okay and uh but they they were talking about chris street of course so uh sure yeah uh, it, it was a good moment and, and they just talked about your your connection to the program and to chris and uh, of course we got a really emotional wednesday evening coming up and, and just to remind everybody yeah, we, we got an iowa game that evening so we got iowa northwestern at eight and gary you and i can talk off the air about this i'm not putting you on the spot now because i don't want to make any decisions now but i think it might be wise for us not to do a post game show right after the game on wednesday yeah, I think that's probably a smart move. Maybe we can find a time yeah. later on that we can add to it or something. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. But uh, good. Uh, okay. BTN show Wednesday at, at ten, following Iowa Northwestern. Gary, appreciate the time and safe travels back you home. You bet, Corey. And, uh, we'll look for five straight on All right. Wednesday. Yeah, Hawk fans got to be happy for four in a row. So it's uh, it's credit to the team and the coaches that they uh, rebounded from a real tough stretch there with the injuries and tough losses, and they found a way to get some wins and. Makes for exciting rest of the year. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Coach. All right. Take care, Corey. Take yep. care. Bye. Bye. All right, Coach Gary Close here with us uh, this evening or this afternoon. Appreciate his insight and even taking time from Carver Hawkeye Arena to be with us. So thank you to Coach Close, and of course we'll talk to him more at some point. We've got to figure out the uh, logistics because we've got Iowa the uh, Chris Street Special following Iowa Northwestern on Wednesday. I want to give a quick shout out to Brad Van Meter and his team down at State Farm on Fleur Drive in Des Moines. Give him and his team a chance to save you and your team, your family, some money on uh, insurance. Give him a call at 515-256-6480. 515-256-6480. There's a good chance you're probably paying too much for insurance, whether we're talking about auto insurance, renter's insurance. Whatever the case may be, give Brad and his team a call or visit him online, www.bradvanmeter.com. And, of course, Brad is a proud sponsor of our show here, Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close. So another reason to sponsor to uh, support Brad Van Meter and his State Farm team. All right, we've got some people who have been on hold. I've got the call line back open. I'll be here for the next uh, 35 minutes talking Iowa Hawkeye basketball with you. You have a question about football we can address that as well let's get to doug who's been on hold doug welcome to the show sir hey how you doing i'm doing good man me too normally it's not normally just me and you on here so uh, <laughs> usually your direction your questions are directed to coach and rightfully so so uh, let's see what you got for me well i i well um i was interested in the guy that brought up recruiting because uh here in cycling country they're all happy about getting uh jt rock or what, the kid from south dakota so I'm hoping Frank can land that kid out there, uh, that Freeman kid, because uh, Cooper Cooper needs somebody. But um, well, I it, let's, just, let's just acknowledge this, Doug. 
And I hate, I, I mean, I'm not an Iowa State fan. You live in Ames. I'm an Ames guy. Iowa State's doing a really good job just all around. Like they're like on the court. They're one of the best teams right now in the Big 12. No question. Probably should have beaten Kansas yesterday on the road. Uh, they're recruiting at a I, I, they're recruiting at a better level than Fred Hoiberg ever did here at a yep. high school. I mean, they're they're landing the guys they're going after right now. And uh, I give Otzelberger tons of credit. That, and I don't know if it's NIL. I, I can't believe that a lot of it's NIL. But the JT Brock kid was a kid that Iowa wanted, visited Iowa, and he was a coveted guy. And he's he's a seven footer. He's going to be a good one. He's got an opportunity to be, I don't want to say the next Frank Kaminsky, but he, he's got some of Frank in him. I don't know. They they got things rolling at Iowa State right now. Yeah, um, I I give you a compliment to the the whole podcast uh, a couple weeks ago on Facebook because I thought what, two weeks ago it could have been very negative. The chat wasn't that negative, and I think that shows to why not that us being positive, you being positive, or coach being positive, but it shows why you know the team didn't roll over and die. And um, you lose to Eastern Illinois. You have some of the issues that they had. You have an 0 and 19 shooting. I mean, just to sh- this team has a lot of character. And I don't know if this is a Sweet 16 team or not. I do know there's not that much difference from second and 12th in the Big Ten. I, you said Purdue probably, I don't know. I mean, I, I think 14 and 6 could get us in there. Um, I mean, that would, I don't know. Um, could get in square. Uh, tied for first, maybe. Somewhere in there, fourteen and you think fourteen and six might fifteen. It, last year was fifteen and five. Yeah, I, I, well, I, well, Purdue maybe, might not lose that many games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that Purdue will lose that many games, but I think maybe fourteen and six gets you second. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see that absolutely, and that would be amazing. I think because that means they went fourteen and six, twelve and eight, and fourteen and six in a three year period. That's pretty good. Um, I know we're jumping ahead quite a ways. Uh, I got to go to the one of the reasons I didn't call in on uh. Thursday was I, I went to the game that was dead for about 30 minutes the last 10 minutes that crowd was awesome so uh overtime crowd was very awesome um they it, yeah, wasn't, a, the guy, it wasn't a real big crowd no it's 12,000 yeah so yeah. What, I don't I haven't gotten the let me grab the official box score and, and then uh because are you you want to take a Thursday. guess at what, the, what was the official what do you think the attendance was today do you know I have no idea uh, I know the secondary market was quite pricey for the tickets. That's reason why we're all, we are going on Wednesday. So okay, so let me tell you the announced attendance today: thirteen thousand three seventy six. So, uh, well, students start school on Monday. I don't know if that plays a factor. I, <laughs> I don't know. You laughed on the student section too. No, I just I, I'm not laughing at you. I'm I'm laughing. You know, we we go over this attendance thing all the time, but I just laugh when we are always coming up with reasons why the fans aren't there. And then I get ripped for me not being there. And it's like, what? Yeah. I, I guess I'll give well, up the post team show to be there. But anyway, well, it, it's hard for us because either eight or six tip off, I either I have to leave work early or I, I come home at midnight. It, it, they're both not good. If it was seven, it would actually be great. But um, I think the bigger, the biggest thing is, and, and I'll put it, you know, I know people don't want to hear me complain about, uh, attendance, but I think the biggest thing is I'm not even gonna put it on the fans. I'm gonna put it mm-hmm. on the university. They got to figure out a way to get students more involved. And we've been saying that for so long. Mm-hmm. They've got to move the student section. They've got to figure out p- actual promotions 
to be able to get students in those doors. And if you have to give away free tickets, then give away free tickets. But that is where your attendance is hurting. That's where it is. It's, it's, it's the end zones. And it has been that way for as long as I can remember. And until they figure out, you get people who will attend the games that are right there in Iowa city. It's not the people who live in Des Moines that have to drive an hour. The people who live in Ames, that drive two hours. It's not, it's not us. It's not them. It's not you listening. It's, Likely, it's likely not you listening. It's <laughs> students. I think it's you. Know, you put that on the university to figure out a way to get students involved, and I think the other universities are doing that better than Iowa is, and that's the challenge for for the athletic department moving forward. Yeah, I mean, free pizzas, ice cream, do do whatever you can. I mean, I know that they've done that in the past. They've done, you know, I mean, like I said, I I think the students should pay something for a ticket. Five bucks, ten bucks is not a big deal to me. Um, when I was a student, but yeah, you have to do something, but very happy with it. Let me just say this real quick as it relates to marketing this, and I'm not claiming to be some grandiose marketing expert, but there, if you, when you say, well, five bucks, isn't much, they should have to pay something. So, so how many students would you like to, to be at the game? 3,500. 3,500. Okay. So. So, so think about that. If you're, if, if we're talking 3,500 students at five bucks a pop, that's 17,500. And I know that sounds like a lot of money, but that's kind of a drop in the bucket when you consider, you know, what they're making every game off students and tickets in general. So Mm -hmm. if five bucks, isn't that much, then is there really that big of a difference between making it five and making it free? Just the free appeal. It does play. it, It does appeal to, people especially students who are uh, usually on a budget that'd be my only mm-hmm. argument for free student seating one of the things i i, I did my graduate school at, at uni and uh they they gave a 50 dollar uh fee for every student and you got into every regular yeah. season game I, I don't know why the, the, i think the big 10 won't allow it or, or the uh football won't allow it but you can break it off of football and make it every other sport and $50 and you get women's basketball, gymnastics, wrestling, or I don't know. But yeah, to me, that seems like something that you could do, um, have an activities fee or something. But, but you uh, know what? They, I give the, the fans in general and the students, more students there today than there have been. If they keep winning, yeah. be, the attendance will go up. I mean, but they've won four straight. So mm-hmm. at some point, it, it's hard to win four straight in this conference. I don't care who you are. So yep. let's hope – that, that there's a, a big crowd there against Northwestern because then they're on then they're on the road and uh, let's see they play Northwestern they go at Ohio State at Michigan State those are going to be tough games to win in Columbus and in East Lansing um, so I, I hope fans show up for the Northwestern game because that's going to be I mean it's an opportunity to win five straight uh, before going on the road that's a big game it gets mm-hmm. you going on this East Coast swing yeah I mean the, like we said I I. I don't know where the ceiling is. Fourteen and six would be where I would put it. I, I try uh, optimistically, but um, again, I, I one thing I would say about Carver: it is a home court advantage. I mean, it's not like it's completely dead. I mean, I've been in more stale atmospheres than Carver, um, but again, I live in Ames, where Hilton is Hilton, you know. And um, but no, I'm just very happy right now. We we're, we're on the right side and. We're uh, going in the right direction. And the other thing I wanted to mention is is that it's different lineups. And it seems like each guy has bounced back. You know, each guy has faced adversity 
like I said, this team has a lot of character. And yeah, Philip maybe only had four points to, in this game. I would not be shocked if Philip had twenty points against Northwestern. You know, right. it, you know, it, each guy. Right. You know, like yeah, I would say, I bet he will. Okay. I bet he will go off against. That's that's my guess because he has been so rock solid and consistent. Unless he's dealing with an injury, and I don't believe he is. He, he will have a big game against Northwestern. I, I'm I'm confident in that. Well, I think it affected him the fouls, and you said he only played 24 minutes, and I, I think he's one of those guys that he needs to you know get involved and you know early and stay involved. You know, like you know if he yeah, and that goes for a lot of the guys. You know, I think at times I don't like Fran playing nine guys, but he is at least playing the guys that are hot, and he's playing the lineups that are working. Um, so that that's that's what matters, you know. Um, I don't care what five guys are out there. I uh, just need them to play hard. And, you know, um, like I said, it, you know, there's somebody, to, there's somebody that'll step up. You know, we, Josh, Josh Dix proved that he'll step up, you know, and I, like I said, a lot of character on this team. Absolutely. Doug, I, I appreciate you calling, sir. And next time we'll have coach close for you to banter. That's with. all right. Thank you very much. Looking Thank forward you, to this Chris street thing too. Absolutely. We'll talk Thank to you Wednesday. You. All right, Tim Van Sheppen, love them men and women Hawk players. And boy, the women are playing great. That is uh, without question. They are playing great basketball right now. Let me give you a quick box score uh, recap for anybody that's just joining us. Of course, the Hawkeyes defeating the Terrapins today, 81 to 67 inside Carver Hawkeye Arena. And um, Philip Bracha with the off night, he struggled with foul trouble, ended up with uh well, actually, just ended up with two personal fouls. But, you know, they were in the first half, and it, it put him out for a while. And it, he struggled to get his feet back under him in the second half. But, boy, people around him stepped up, including Tony Perkins, who went uh, 10 of 13 from the field, had 22 points on the night, along with four rebounds. Tony was really good in attacking the rim. That's what he's got to do, attack the baskets, what he does best. Um, did have the three turnovers, but... Uh, You'll, you'll take that, and he had the uh, best plus-minus of anybody on the team at 14, tied with Connor McCaffrey at 14. Speaking of Connor, uh, 12 points for Connor um, on uh, four of five shooting. Very efficient night for Connor McCaffrey, and he just continues to just shoot the ball effectively, and, and he takes good shots, right? He's not forcing threes uh, and played 39 minutes and, and uh, 51 seconds, so he, he was out for nine seconds. Must have been at the end of the first half. Um, it's a long night for Connor McCaffrey. There's no question. And he, he banged down low with, uh, the Maryland big at one point when, uh, Iowa was decimated with foul trouble in the first half. Chris Murray started slow, dealt with foul trouble himself, but he got it going in the second half, 19 points for Chris Murray. And, uh, he's talking about steady Eddie, even when he has an off first half due to whatever circumstances, in this case, foul trouble, he finds a way to get his feet back under him and contribute um, so Chris Murray, another solid performance, and I believe he's the leading scorer in conference play in the Big Ten, I believe. I'd have to look back at that stat, but boy, he's just been really good all season long. Peyton Sanford had uh, played 20 minutes, 5 of 7 from the field, 2 of 4 from, uh, from 3, had 7 boards as well, and he's attacking the glass better than he ever has. He's a better defender than I initially gave him credit for. I'm not saying he's Iowa's best defender, and I'm not saying he doesn't have room for improvement. He's not the quickest laterally, but his length, his length helps him to overcome some uh, discrepancies, inconsistencies, some uh, deficiencies at other places. I think there's no question. His six foot eight length 
helps him to do that. And uh, I thought he had some big moments last uh, Thursday against Jet Howard. Jet Howard went off in that game, and, and Peyton Sanford slowed him down at times. So uh, just a really good performance uh, for everybody, minus maybe Philip Bracha. Aaron Ulis, really good performance for Aaron. Nine points, four rebounds, four assists, zero turnovers. He uh, That, that might have been, and I, I agree with Coach Close, probably his best performance of the season. Asante Bowen, you know, he's still young. He's still struggling. I think they can get more out of him as, as the season goes on. Played seven minutes tonight, uh, two points for Bowen. Uh, no assists, one turnover. Josh Dix played 16 minutes. Uh, not much as far as scoring for Josh, just one point after a 10-point breakout performance against Michigan the other night. Five assists for Josh Dix to go along with two rebounds. Mulvey, Riley Mulvey played two minutes tonight. Um, and, and Maryland's not as big as, as Michigan, so... Uh, reason even when they're dealing with foul trouble that you're going to see Iowa go with smaller lineups but boy they managed to go with smaller lineups and they went really small and they survived as I said when they went super small in that first half they broke even with Maryland 14 points to 14 points and uh, ultimately that that helped them because Maryland came out in the second half put on a quick run but never were able to take the lead got it down to two and Iowa pushed it right back up and that was basically all she wrote Iowa controlled the majority of that second half and ended up running away with it by 14. All right, let's add James to the mix. James, welcome to the show. How you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Good. I couldn't join the show after Michigan because we had a game that night. So I was keeping track of the score, obviously. I'm glad we won at least. So or I'm glad Iowa won at least. So that's the most important thing. But, uh, but no, this game, I feel like, first off, you're talking about the attendance. I think Iowa's the only state, the only state school that – doesn't give out free tickets. Cause I don't know Drake and you and I give out free student tickets now. I know you and I is not as big of a school no more, but you and I it comes with your tuition. So like they just have the card at you and I, because I live close to you and I, so I understand they have the card at you and I where they just like just like scan it and you can go go in for free. I know Drake has that as well. I don't know about Iowa State, but I think they do. So You think Iowa State's doing that? I don't think Iowa State's doing that. Uh, I don't know because I I know I was was the issue with like the whole I don't know if it's a Big Ten conference or not. I know you and I and Drake I know they're not as big of schools, but still, they make money off concessions that way too. You know what I'm saying? You make money off concessions if you get in for free. You'll make money off concessions, so you still will make money. Maybe not as much back as you would, but. Well, I think they got to change the seating, right? I mean, that's an issue. They got to change the seating, and. You know, in the meantime, though, I think what you're saying makes sense. In the meantime, maybe consider giving giving tickets away. You don't got to give away all your tickets for students, but make them cheap. I don't know what they are now. Probably like five bucks as it is. Make them five bucks and then say, hey, we're going to give every single game. We're giving away a thousand tickets. Very simple. Yeah. A thousand tickets and you, you have promotions around. I mean, I know maybe it's easier said than done, but to me, that's how I go about it. For they sure. And- there, especially once we have February and March. For sure. And one thing you were talking about, the smaller lineup, the one thing I think that helped the smaller lineup too was the fact that Reese was in foul trouble. So he didn't play that much when they played the smaller lineup. You know what I'm saying? So like McCaffrey, all McCaffrey had a guard was Dante Scott. And I think Dante Scott's like, what, 6'8", which is still taller than him, but he's not 6'10", 6'11". You know what I'm saying? So like that kind of helped the smaller lineup as well, I feel like. Because yeah, Dante Scott kind of plays outside a little bit more. Reese is going to be really good. He just can't stay out of foul yeah. trouble. Um, sure. You're right. They did help Iowa. For sure. And uh, I feel like the counter, like when they came, when they were down or when they like came back and were down two at the beginning of the f- 
second half, I kind of got a little nervous because I was like, I don't know what we're going to do because Chris wasn't out there for that much, you know, of the second. And you could tell he was a little rusty. And then he started making his shots or just getting to the rim, doing what he needed to do to score. And I think that was more important too. And obviously Tony, that's probably the, that is probably the best game Tony's played all year. I think what's that great high for him, I think, 23? Uh, yeah, uh, that's a, that, that was a career high, wasn't it? I, I, I can't yeah, I believe so. that. But uh, yeah, 20, 20, 22, excuse me. 22, that's still a career high, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But uh, but no, yeah, so he played really well, obviously helped out. And Peyton hit the shots when it needed to be hit. So I feel like as a team, they're playing well together, and it kind of helped that they're playing a smaller team with Robracha, not on his A game. Because like, if you play not on his A game against Michigan, obviously that changes the whole game. But not as they game against this team, and they didn't have their big either. It kind of made it a little bit more manageable. Yeah, I agree. And in reference to this question from John, does anyone have insight on Patrick's uh, return? I did see he was taking shots this morning before the game, but uh, again, I I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do wonder, like the the losing streak and the loss to Eastern Illinois, the loss to Nebraska. You wonder if something was going on behind the scenes. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speculate on that. Uh, that involved Patrick again with with his struggles, and and certainly our hearts go out to him. But uh, you you just wonder if something was happening because that was so unlike this team. That little stretch, and ever since he announced publicly that he was taking some time off, the team has has come together. And I, I just just seems like such a blip on the radar. For sure, I don't. I I mean, no. Like obviously, I know he's part of the team, but like the last couple of games, I kind of feel like we haven't had him the whole year. You know what I'm saying? Even though we have, you know what I mean? Cause like we just been flowing kind of, so it kind of seems like he just hasn't been there. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, it makes perfect sense. But, and then one, one more thing too, is like the defense in the second half, kind of like they they run that zone or they run that zone, you know, but sometimes they over pursue the zone. So they play all on one side. So all five pretty much go to one side. So they leave it open. So the kicks are open. So I still scares me if we play a good three point shooting team, because if they get to kick one more, it could be dangerous. I mean, they hit threes. If we answer back, it's a different thing. But, like, you know, sometimes it's tough to keep answering back once they hit that kick one more three-pointer because that's what that's how they got a couple of shots in the second half to get it to a two-point game because they swung it one more time and the dude was wide open. Right, yeah. Well, the good news is, this. you know, they, they've uh, – two of these last three teams are not very good <laughs> offensive teams. I'm talking about Rutgers and Maryland. But uh, yeah, they're, they're going to have to – I still think if we want to – be real the, the defense is going to cost this team in certain games because the defense still has been bad at times and i'm not trying to be like a downer but it's just like it's like you know it's it's a, it's a glaring point that does need to get fixed if you want to make a run in a tournament despite average defense by the way um i can confirm this uh let me find it here. Eric, this is this is accurate. Uh, Gary Dolphin did just say that Patrick McCaffrey will be back in uniform Wednesday night. I'm going to so, be interested to see how that will affect the well, like, camaraderie because I feel like they've came together and the chemistry has been very well. So I don't know how much that's going to affect it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Um, all the best to him. I hope he makes the – he will. He'll make the right decision yeah. if he plays or if he doesn't play. But uh, – Boy, if you had told me two weeks ago that hey, Patrick is going to take some time off, this team's going to win four straight, I, I, I wouldn't have believed you in a million years. But they've they've done that. One more thing with the Iowa State recruiting we were talking about earlier. I'm glad we only got to play him once a year and not twice at least because you also got Omaha Blue coming in as one of the best players in the state. I think he's like what a five star too. Yeah, so Omaha, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you only got to play play them one time a year at least. So if we lose that game, at least we only got to worry about them once and well, they, focus on they the next. What's their? I, I know this isn't an Iowa State show. But uh, 
I mean, Omaha Blues are Iowa guys. This is an Iowa show. Like, he's from the state of Iowa, so like, yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, he, he also had offers from everybody else. Yeah, he's had a lot of offers. Um, so just so everybody's aware, the reason I'm bringing up Iowa State, um, Omaha Blue, they've got uh, a four star from Pawaki, um, Milan Monsilovich. Yeah. yeah, however you say his name, he's tall too. I think he's he's like six ten, six eight. Well, it rivals. Eight, yeah. Uh, yeah, a, uh, and then you mentioned you know JT Rock for the following year. So no, they are loaded, and to our caller that's called in, I'm putting you on hold. Uh, so yeah, they're loaded, and um, that's the fact that Iowa won. I was rooting for Iowa, for Iowa State yesterday against Kansas because the more they win, the more it helps Iowa. The more Clemson wins, the more it helps Iowa. Clemson right now is on a tear. I mean, they for are sure. absolutely on a tear, and, and the Iowa State and Clemson wins are one thousand percent going to help Iowa. And, and it's got an opportunity to help them overcome that loss to Eastern Illinois. As wild as that sounds, those losses could be, or those wins could be elite wins by the end of the year to where the Eastern Illinois loss won't really matter. It'll hurt them in cert- seeding to some extent. But uh, boy, those, the Clemson wins, especially on a neutral court, we did not think it was going to be this quality of a win. And, and it sounds like it's going to be, looks like it's going to be. For sure, and it'll be interesting to see what happens Wednesday night. Hopefully, we can beat Northwestern. This isn't the usual Northwestern race to where they're bottom tier of the Big Ten. So, you know, it's going to be a tough fight. So, Absolutely. James, calling yep. as always, sir. Yep, enjoy your night. You as well. Thank you. All right. Rolling along here, Iowa Post game with Coach Gary Close. If you missed our segment with Coach Close, uh, certainly watch this back later. Uh, we had him on in the first half of the show, and... You can also listen to the podcasted version, Spotify, Anchor, Apple. Just search from the Hawkeye of the Storm on your favorite podcast platforms. I want to take another moment to uh, give a shout out to Brad Van Meter and his team down at State Farm. They have been business since 1999. They're part of the largest auto insurance company in the country. And that's, of course, State Farm. Give Brad and his team a call. 515-256-6480. Visit them in person at 4229 Fleur Drive in Des Moines. Or online at www. Excuse me, let me get that out again. www.bradvanmeter.com. And thank you to Brad for helping to support this channel and this show all season long. Big part of our Iowa basketball coverage here at from the Hawkeye of the Storm. All right, let's get to our caller who's been on hold. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close, who's in the line. Zach, how's it going, Corey? Good, Zach. How are you? Pretty good. Cannot complain about a good basketball weekend. Absolutely. Um, nice to see the w- women played unbelievable defense yesterday, and that offense was just rolling. <laughs> I'll admit I haven't watched that game yet, um, but I, I did see the score, and, and they've been just dominating. Um, and, and let's not overlook the Michigan winning a week ago. I mean, they, they are playing their yeah. best basketball. Uh, <clears throat> it happens to coincide with Iowa men, the Iowa men and their best best basketball. So, you hope now that we have seen this in the past. I don't want to use the term Fran fade. Cause I think that's uh, a make believe thing that people have made up, but you, they need to keep this going, right? I mean, when you get into, we're not yep. even, we're halfway through January. They got to keep this going into February and of course into March, but this, both these teams look like teams that can make a run, not only make the tournament, but ten, potentially make a run in the big dance. Oh yeah. Um, and I know, you know, we, we, since the first part of this, you know, it seems like show is talking about, attendance and i know i posted on comments the last year i think for the last five or six women's games and this year as well as it just came up on the screen they had i think the women gave out like 1500 to 2000 free tickets and yeah. i was like i'll purchase 20 
you're allowed yeah. to purchase 20. Why not see what's even for the men's game, see what's available the last day or two and say, go for it, people. <laughs> well, until you can figure out better ways to convince students to want to pay for tickets, uh, do what you got to do. Um, right. And then once and you, you win that, fans. Yeah. I mean, the, the, your team's going to be better. The, the team will be better with, with more people, with yes. with fans in seats, with students in the arena. The team will be better. But, I mean, there is a clear, especially in the Big Ten Conference, home court advantage is huge. And the more people, the louder it is, uh, the better it is for Iowa. Well, and I mean, look no further to the to the uh, last game of the year for the women last year against Michigan, where it was sold out. The every women's player to a T said it gave them kind of that bunt burst of burst of energy because you have fifteen thousand screaming fans instead of seven thousand. But now they're getting ten to eleven each game, which is great. I think they're still now one of the top attendants in the nation, which is. I mean, Caitlin Clark does not hurt. <laughs> no, you're you're but, you're right about that. But when you have top 25 team every year and you're doubling season ticket sales, that's, that says something for the program. Um, but I do think, you know, with Patrick gone these last couple of games, even when Chris Murray was gone for a couple of games, some other players seem to, to step up a little bit, which <clears throat> kind of got some of their confidence going like Philip Abracha and, you know, even Peyton Sanford the last couple of games. So I hope that if it's true that, you know, like what was said earlier, that Patrick will be back on Wednesday, that they can still keep that groove going. Um, yeah. <clears throat> because, you know, I think that that Indiana game, I mean, the Penn State game proved that they could, they could come back. The Indiana game, I think, kind of just set at home saying, okay, we can contend with anybody now, <laughs> except for maybe Purdue, but who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we don't know how they'll play against Purdue. I mean, traditionally they don't play great against Purdue. I don't know how they're going to stop Zach Eady. Um, but yeah, I mean, most, most teams in the country, I mean, even if they lose to Purdue, most teams in the country don't have a, a guy like Yao Ming or Zach Eady. So <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I, I, Hard to I, stop I, a guy seven, four. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you, do you, uh, obviously North, Northwestern is going to be a tough game. Um, I saw the Ohio State Rutgers game. Was not overly impressed with Ohio State. Not really watched much of Michigan State. And Rutgers will be at home, so it might be a little easier. I mean, these next four games, yeah, they could easily go four and zero. They could almost easily go zero and four. Well, North, Northwestern um, is is re- I think Northwestern is pretty darn good. I think they're a tournament team, but they have lost two straight. They lost to Michigan right. this weekend. They lost to Rutgers the other day. So, I mean, you know, I was on a four game winning streak. Northwestern on a two game slide. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm taking Iowa in that game. It's at home, and you know, like I say, Ohio State's <clears throat> struggling. Um, although I, they looked better today, Rutgers is playing some of the best basketball in the conference, and they probably should have won. To, I shouldn't say should have won. Rutgers won that game in overtime. But um, right, I, I I think what you say is true. There aren't a lot of unwinnable games in the schedule. Like the only game where you look at it and say, "Wow, I don't know how Iowa's going to have a chance," and they probably Purdue. <laughs> Um, yep. <clears throat> and I, the only reason I even say Purdue is because of, I don't know how they're going to stop Zach Eady. Um, I think yeah. the biggest thing is, can you get him in foul trouble early um, and, and just get him off the floor? That's the big thing. But, you know, you uh, on the, unless they do what they did last year and put a Gundale in and try to see if, hey, Eady could not get his way past Josh. Well, Gundale's not healthy, though. No. You know, and, and so, so 
But I, I think the development of Riley Mulvey is important. I, I mean, Riley's still a long ways off, but he's at, he is playing some minutes. I, I can't imagine yeah. them playing against Purdue and not playing Riley Mulvey. Unless Ogundale is back healthy and they feel good about him. But I, I think you're right. I just don't know how you play that game and don't turn to one of your two seven-footers. Uh, uh, you just – hopefully – I know that they got games ahead, you know, ahead of Purdue, but but one of those two seven footers is going to have to step up against Zach. Yeah, and I not, think not they, you, Zach, Zach they, Eady, of course. Yeah, I, I do think they really. That sounds weird. I think they need. I don't care what. I mean, obviously, I'd rather have a win. I think one of these next games, they just need at least maybe one blowout win, just to get some time for those guys off the court. I mean, I don't think in a Big Ten tournament you can you can depend on Chris and Connor going. 39 to 40 a game. Right. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> what is it? Top eight? Uh, the, well, top four gets a double buy. I think the next four get a buy. That first game off in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I mean, you, you can get that top four. That's great. It's more than uh, that. I'll shoot it? for the one week. I'll shoot for the one day. <laughs> well, I'd have to look at it. Isn't it more than that? Isn't it? Uh, no, I think, I think the top four get automatics into the quarters. Okay. But- and then the... Or the top, then the next four. Oh, you might, you might be right. I'm it's, not. I think it's, sure. I think it's four, six, and four. Okay. Right. I, I have to <clears> the, but I think the top four get double buys. The, the middle six get a single buy, and then the bottom four have to play Wednesday. I believe that's how it, it's, it's situated. I mean, it, it, at least if they can get one, one buy, that's so they're not having to do the five and five because I think the four and four partially killed them last year with such that short turnaround of the tournament game, but <clears throat> we'll see. And open the cart way before the horse though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, uh, go Hawks. So hopefully they'll win Wednesday. Cannot wait to see the special on Wednesday night and uh, have a great evening. Thank you. Appreciate it, Zach. Great calls this evening, folks. Appreciate everybody being here. We're with you for another five to ten minutes. We got a couple people waiting on hold. Um, a couple comments here in the chat that I wanted to get to. Don says, "Did they show Coach close in the crowd?" They did. He was talking to Patty Street, and uh, uh, of course, talked about Gary's relationship with with Chris. And, and Gary was featured in this this show that's going to be released on Wednesday. I, I can't wait to watch that special wednesday night so stay tuned for post-game coverage uh, details because it, it likely will not be right after the northwestern game i just don't know how you, how could you possibly how could we do a post-game show when the chris street thing is airing so uh ray uh, in the chat thank you for the question ray is it possible this team is more complete than last year mostly because of experience and depth good question ray i felt pretty good about this this iowa team i think it was late what late february and of course then they uh I think they went on a little slide. You go to the Big Ten tournament, win four straight, and you feel really good going into the tournament. I wouldn't say they're more complete because I don't think they're um, – is it possible this team is more complete than last year, mostly because of experience and depth? Well, I don't think they have more depth than last year, Ray. Um, I, I, that's the thing. They're they're pretty thin, um, and, and that's why they've had to turn to, to Mulvey and and – you know, Asante Bowen's not playing very well right now, but he's he's having to play. Good thing that Josh Dix has stepped up, but I, I just don't think they are as deep as last year. Um, they don't have the number of three-point shooters they had last year because keep in mind, Jordan Bohannon um, and Keegan Murray were two of the best three-point shooters in the conference last year. They're both gone. Of course, Joe Toussaint is gone as well, another body. And uh, so I, I wouldn't go that far yet, Ray, but look, I mean, if, if Dix can step up and, and continue to play as well as he's played, 
Um, if DeSante can give you a little bit more than he's giving you, if Aaron Euless keeps playing well and Tony's back, hey, this team can be really good if they stay healthy, but health will be, I think, a big storyline. And Lemansky, appreciate the super chat. Lemansky, thank you for donating the super chat. We've said less and less super chats, which not complaining, but uh, always appreciate the donations, whether we're talking PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo, but also the super chats. Lemansky with the super chat, he says, love how with four minutes left, kept looking to Murray, who overmatched his opponent. Smart team, friends coaching skill is showing on this streak. Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with everything you just said, Lemansky, and I think Fran deserves a lot of credit. I don't know how you don't give Fran credit. In this situation, you're up against your backs up against the wall. You're 0-3 in the conference. You lost to Eastern Illinois at home. Your son is is dealing with a, a bit of a crisis, I think. Um, you're down 21 at home in the first half against Indiana. Their backs were against the wall. So you can be a Fran hater all you want, but you if we're going to give Kirk Ferentz credit for, you know, climbing out of an 0-2 start to the season in 2020 when the lawsuit was pending against the team, and I gave him full credit for that. If we're going to do that, we, we better give Fran credit for what he's doing with this team when their backs were against the wall and their backs were absolutely against the wall. So good comment and uh, credit to Fran McCaffrey. All right, let's get to our last two callers. Ryan, welcome to the show. Ryan, are you with us? All right. We'll come back to Ryan, see if he can get his audio fixed. Tony. Tony the Tiger. How you doing, sir? Uh-oh. One, two, three, four. Four. And oh. I just want of the five. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> hey, listen, I'll say this. It's it's really weird you said that. Usually when people make predictions, they're way off. But when people tend to make predictions on this show, they're usually, I shouldn't say usually right, but the ones that stand out in my mind were right. Uh, one of our uh, loyal listeners, Hawkeye Howard, a year and a half ago, made a prediction about football, 2021 football, that Iowa would go 12-0. and And I believe they started that year 8-0, and if I'm not mistaken. So he was right for a long ways, and he didn't make it to 12-0, but uh, you're looking pretty good right now with your 4-0 prediction. Or five and zero prediction. Is he doing all right? By the way, have you heard from him? I think, I think so. I haven't heard from him okay. um, last couple of weeks, but I, I've seen him in the chat here and there. And, and last I knew, he was home recovering. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I need to check in on the guy. Okay. Um, you mentioned the Big Ten tournament, and it is four get the double, six get the single, and then the last four have to play. Okay. Yep. Whatever night that is. Uh, Wednesday or whatever, or Thursday night, whatever, whenever they start the tournament. Um, a question that I had for you is, uh, number one, when do you start looking at like uh, March resumes and net rankings and stuff? Because I've brought it up a few times, and I mean, I'm probably overly anxious about it, but like February 1st, middle of February, when do you personally start looking at that stuff? Yeah, that's a good question. I think February is probably, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm aware. I think right now I'm just thinking how many quad one wins can they get? Right. And right now, I mean, Clemson's a quad one win. Last time we checked, we said it wasn't, it's gotta be a quad one now. Correct. It's not. How, how can that not I'm, be a quad one win? I'm, they I'm, I'm, I'm dead to, I've got it pulled up. I get it. I get oh. it. <laughs> they are they are as of today ranked fifty seventh, and they have to be fiftieth. That's just so ridiculous because they oh. literally 
Yep. They literally beat Duke. They're first place in the in the ACC, right? They're undefeated in the conference. Correct. So is Seton Hall still a quad one? It is, and Seton Hall is 67, and they just need to stay in the top 75. So they have some cushion. Seton Hall does. Um, Rutgers is obviously quad one, and Iowa State's quad one. Obviously. So they have three quad one. But on the verge of quad one is Indiana, sorry, is 32, and they need to be top 30. So Indiana is very close. Maryland's pretty close too. Maryland's 40. So, um, and then Clemson is 51. I'm sorry. I just, I refreshed that. I'm sorry. They were 57. Right now they're 51. So they're one spot away from being a quad one victory. So they jumped six spots. Okay. Read four that are right now. Again, I was Uh, three. No, that's fine. Three. Uh, Iowa state Rutgers and Seton hall. So Indiana's fallen out of quad one win. Yes, but Indiana is 32nd, and they just need to be 30th. So they're right on, you know. Clemson, and Clemson is 57th? No, sorry. I updated my thing because I had the web browser pulled up, and it was from yesterday. They jumped up six spots, so Clemson's 51. They need to be 50. So they have two that are yeah right. And then if you want to count today, Maryland's 40. Maryland's 40th before today's game. And all they got to do is get 30. So, I mean, they've got some that are just this close. Yeah. Um, uh, in response to real quick, we just want to just, just talk about Purdue. Greg, he says, you beat Zach E the same way you did in the tournament last year. Wait for him to look to the basket, put on the floor, then double down with quick hands. I'm not saying you're wrong, Greg, but let's keep in mind, Zach E is a heck of a lot better than he was last year. He is just a lot better. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it, Zach this year, but uh, – so. It's the uh, it's the you beat him the same way that Rutgers did, and we do it the same thing that yeah. we did to Rutgers when we doubled. Um, I can't pronounce the guy's name. I'm going to butcher it, but they're a uh, big athletic guy, Cliff. Cliff, oh, um, yeah, where we like snap doubled him, and I watched that Rutgers Purdue game, and they just snap doubled him right away and made the outside shooters beat him. So, well, uh, I think you're right. Uh, what I'll say is this: Rutgers is. Uh, a lot honestly. better defensively than us. <laughs> yeah, they, they are they are coached on that end at a, I think a conference high level. Mm-hmm. Um, something you had brought up, and I I, I just want to say this that Nebraska is not as bad of a loss as you're making out to be net wise. Oh, good. They're only a quad two loss, and they're comfortably in quad two. That's not going to be a quad three loss. Well, so Eastern Illinois, though, is quad four, correct? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, they're <laughs> quad four. But I actually looked in years past, and there are teams who've had that anchor who've made it comfortably in the tournament, if that's their only anchor. Or you did find some teams that had – Oh, yeah, in the years past. Rutgers last year. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's just a, I know people probably get bored with this conversation. We're almost to the end of this show, so I'm going to bring it up. Uh, so I was down in Fort Worth and um, got to observe – few minutes of a Jamie Dixon practice. They are incredibly physical. It's just impressive to watch, but I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is, you can tell this is a, this TCU team is for real. And Iowa, of course, lost to them fair and square. But remember when TCU lost to Northwestern state and they were dealing with, it's a Mike miles, their star player. He was out yeah. of that game against Northwestern state. I'm curious is Northwestern. Where is Northwestern state in the, in the net? 
Give me one second and I can find that for you. Because it, I'm just curious, like that's a perfect example. TCU is a tournament team and they had a loss early to Northwestern state. That was, you know, unlike them, they were dealing with injuries. Iowa was down Chris and Connor. I'm not making excuses, but that's just a fact. Um, I'm just curious. That would be the only other loss that I can think of right off the bat of a, of a shoe in tournament team at this point that might have a quad four loss. Well, the thing is with quad four, I'll email you this because I don't want to bring it up on the show, but there's a really good site that updates net sheet. You know, like the uh, tournament committee gets the nitty gritty report that shows you like quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. And this guy updates it daily. But um, I'm seeing in Ken Palm, Northwestern States, 243. So they've easily got to be a quad four loss because quad four covers from 161 to 363. I mean, the, right now, uh, Northwestern State, who, again, the reason I bring them up, folks, is because Northwestern State beat TCU, and TCU is a really good basketball team right now. Northwestern State currently sits in one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh place in the Southland Conference. That's fourth from the bottom. They're two and three in the conference, 10 and eight overall. Now, I'm curious uh, has anybody checked in on Eastern Illinois? Yes. What do they so, do? So, Eastern Illinois, as of today, is 338 in quad. So, they've moved up. They're not the dredge, but they're uh, Northern Ellen, or Northwestern States 211, Corey. So so they have I'll give Eastern Illinois credit for this. They have competed better than they did last year. Like Correct. they beat Little Rock, who I mean <laughs> I, I believe me, I'm not counting that, but they are they are three and three in the conference. Yes. So they're not as bad as they were. Nope. They they are nope. not one of the two or three worst teams in division one. <laughs> they're just not. So that's that's a good thing. They still squad for a loss regardless. Yes, and and the the TCU one that was that lost to Northwestern State by one at home, in order and they are two eleven right now, so they have to jump up fifty spots because one sixty one is the demarcation point to get above one sixty one gets you out of quad four. Okay. So to me, it's just like I'm looking at. I don't even think they're going to look at the numbers. Really. Like, what's the difference between one sixty one and three sixty three? It's still a quad four loss. And people have mentioned, I've heard people say, it was without Connor, it was without Chris. Still quad four loss. But yeah. they you know, they sometimes take those little things into yeah. account if you're dissecting a team. And the bottom right line now, is Iowa, you hope Iowa's off the bubble to where it doesn't matter. But for seeding, you hope that the tournament, the, the committee makes as many exceptions or not exceptions or exemptions, but admissions for Iowa um, – and they they do take those things into account because it will hurt them in seating regardless of if they're in the bubble on the bubble or not. And right now that's our only I consider quad three and four as bad losses, obviously. But that's the only quad three and four loss. Our next closest team to quad three is that Wisconsin game at home. Where where is Wisconsin right now? Sixty nine. Yeah, that's weird. In Wisconsin, yeah, like the the net is super weird this year, like you know, yeah. and that's why I didn't know how when you start looking at it and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, probably February first. I'll start really paying attention. Uh, right now, I'm just thinking, hey, win the game. I mean, I I feel almost I watch these games almost like from a coach's perspective. I, I just one game at a time. Like mm-hmm. 
okay, we got to go beat Northwestern now, right? Yep. Like, even as a fan, as an analyst, whatever you want to call me, I'm not even, I'm not thinking about Ohio State or Michigan. I'm just thinking, can yep. they beat Northwestern? Yep. Because if they do that, they've won five straight. And they're now from 0 and 3 to 5 and 3. Potentially. And you, and potentially. And you've stolen back, excuse me, sorry, the home loss to Wisconsin. So now you're square because you got the Rutgers road win. And then you've stolen back, quote unquote, the home loss to Wisconsin. Right. How so about this? Back on Eastern, Eastern Illinois beat Iowa by nine and only beat yep. Lindenwood by one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's no, uh, no. It's, right. I, 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 I don't, yeah. Um, so I noticed you said you're thinking, you know, obviously you're going to push that back. Is it good? Did you want, are you thinking of like another day for the post game show on Northwestern? I, I'll have to talk it over with coach because I, my, my first thought is maybe we do it at 11 that night. That, that's pretty late. I, 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 I don't know that I have a problem doing it, but it's a Wednesday night. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. We, we can figure something out, but it's, uh, I just don't think it's feasible. It's not smart. No. It doesn't make any sense to do it at, at 10. There's a lot of people are going to be going like, you know, like looking at the well, TV I, and trying. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what we're saying at 10 o'clock when you got the Chris Street special. I mean, Gary's going to be talking on your computer and talking on the Chris Street special. Give me a break. Nobody's going to. Yeah. That, it's just to me that doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, thanks for everything, and I'll look forward to uh, hopefully counting to five on uh, Wednesday. Sounds good, Ryan. I hope you're right. Or, 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 oh, no, that's fine. No, no big deal. Or, or Thursday, whenever you want to do it, you know. So. Sounds good. All right, man. I'll, I'll see you then. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Lemansky, thank you for the super sticker. Super chat, super sticker, super uh, thanks. Uh, there's a button below, I believe. What does it say? Uh, I should know what it says. If you're on YouTube and you want to have a uh, make a donation while also uh, making your comment stand out, you can do so by means of clicking the. Let me find the button. The button says. It doesn't say share. Does it say give? Somebody tell me what it says. Uh, I should know this. Uh, why am I not seeing it here? Maybe that's why nobody's doing anything, but. Uh, find it here uh okay so it's a little yeah it's a little a little dollar bill sign to the right of, of where you can uh, live chat right so it's a little dollar bill sign and you can lomansky I, I see your super sticker on here so it, it doesn't show this actual super sticker uh when i'm on Streamyard, but I, I see it on youtube um so i'll just show this to everybody so if you're on your your chat it's over here so it's that little uh, let me go back a little bit excuse my screen there you'll see that little uh dollar bill sign so if you want if you want to donate by that by super chat super sticker super thanks all that that's how you do that and that's what lemansky's doing here so thank you lemansky ryan says uh, football tickets dropped uh prices for season tickets dropped did i see that yes i did wasn't it wasn't any big difference like five to twenty five dollars a year i think that's more of a result of the schedule i think some people were assuming well that means brian ferentz is is gonna be here Let's pump the brakes on that. By the way, we're going to be doing a Hawkeye hangout this next week on football. So that should make people happy. We'll address that situation. Um, Eric wants to know how many, how much do students pay now to get, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I don't, I think it's somewhere between five and $10 for, for conference tickets, but I, I just don't have the answer to that question. Um, ZJ says with the special Wednesday, uh, this, I guess this is a question for Gary. Well, you remember about the Michigan state game, the 15 point comeback. Sorry, I missed this question, ZJ, Zach, but, uh, 
certainly feel free to to uh, ask it next time we have coach close on which will probably be well it will be at some point after the northwestern games on wednesday and brandon says taking students out of the equation does the success of the women's team and having caitlin clark play into attendance for the men's games that's a great great question i uh, didn't ever really think about that I, I i can't imagine that it does extensively but maybe a little bit um i love the fact that this fan base is so supportive of the women but you, you don't want to take it away from the men. Um, so hopefully we can figure out a way to, to have both. I think if both teams are winning consistently, the fans will come. But the students, that's where I think the push needs to be made. And Kevin says, uh, so I'm wrong. Kevin says the student tickets are $20 for Big Ten games. That's ridiculous. I, I just, that's my opinion. I think it's ridiculous. I uh, just, $20, $20 a ticket. Well, that's why they're not coming. Why, why, why would they come for 20 bucks a ticket? I know that doesn't sound like much, but for a student... I mean, let them in for five, maybe 10 bucks or, or let them in for free. I know it's easier for me to say that on the sideline, but come on. I, I think that's a little bit, a little bit much. Um, all right, let's get to Brian. He says, when are we getting the Seth Anderson interview? Thank you for asking that question, Brian. It was meant to be released yesterday due to some scheduling and whatnot. It will not be released until tomorrow. Seth Anderson, Iowa wide receiver uh, commit signee. Seth Anderson will be joining the show tomorrow. Fresh episode of the podcast, Brado's Branded Thoughts dropping tomorrow. And uh, Charleston Southern transfer wide receiver, Seth Anderson. So thank you for the question, Brian. Let's get to our final caller of the evening, Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Corey. How are you? I'm hanging in there, sir. How are you? Okay, you can hear me. I had my uh, thing on mute by accident, so I apologize for the problem before. You're good. You're good. So... Here's my idea for the Chris Street special. As you know, we play Northwestern on the 18th. Chris Street died on the 19th. What about getting Coach Close on if he's willing to do it? Because this is going to be a big deal to him. If we get him on around 6.30 and we all stop the show at 6.47 p.m. for a moment of silence, which would be to the minute that the great Chris Street passed away from Iowa's hearts. That is a, a great idea. I, I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't thought about that. I, I will. I will. Some, uh, something to run by Coach Close. Sure. This yep. is obviously a huge, huge deal to him, but Let's honor him on the 19th. And remember, it was Northwestern that uh, was in town the day Chris Street died and had to go back home for a good two weeks or so because we postponed the game when, when it happened. But it was Northwestern that we were supposed to play the night before. Yeah. Just FYI. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Big Ten. Uh, I'm guessing maybe that was planned by the Big Ten. I don't know that, but uh, may, maybe it wasn't. Um, but no, the, you're you're absolutely right about one thing. This, this is an emotional week for people like Coach Close, Jess Settles, Kenyon Murray. Um, I'm sure Coach uh, Dr. Tom Davis, who keeps a low profile. Um, it's just a, it's an important week for a lot of people. Absolutely, and so. Something to run by Coach Close, but having the call-in show on the 19th, if he's available, would be pretty cool. 
Um, I'm also just going to say I'm really proud of the kids tonight. What a game. What a great game. Um, you know, when Phillip doesn't score like he usually does, we have other guys step up. And then it's true we're going to get Patrick on the Northwestern game. So we should have nine real good, maybe ten to go. And I'm really proud of these kids. And maybe we can start to think about dancing. Trending that way, right? I mean, they can't go on a slide, but uh, there's not many. Uh, there's one, This is one thing that I gather from the Big Ten and even for a conversation with Tony a minute ago. There are not very many opportunities for bad losses left on the schedule. So that, right. that's the other positive thing. Like, I, I mean, you. I guess if you lose to Nebraska in March, that that's a bad loss, right? If you lose to them uh, the last game of the year, that's a bad loss. That That's a must win. So that's a pressure game. I think they'll win. But you're, you're absolutely right. They're trending in the right direction, and uh, you get Patrick back Wednesday, potentially. Um, I, I like I like the uh, makeup of the team, no question. It's it's gotten guys like Sanford on track, Dix, maybe even Perkins now. Agree. So thanks for taking my call, and please run that by uh, Coach Close. I think it would be great if we all just celebrate. I mean, I know you're a couple years younger. But, uh, you know, if you're like me, 47 years old, who grew up in the state of Iowa in the early 90s, man, it doesn't take anything to tell somebody, whether you're a Hawkeye or a Cyclone or Panther or whatever, what it means of Chris Street. And so uh, this is going to be really, really incredibly incredibly emotional it always is but um thanks Corey, for taking my call and hopefully on the 19th we can do the call in thank you ryan appreciate the time and uh yeah we're, we're gonna get whether it's on the 19th or different we're gonna get that show in because uh i i hope we can spend some time talking to coach close as we did last year about chris street i think it's important uh, again this time of year uh Reminder to everybody, if you want to become a premium subscriber, click the little join button next to From the Hawkeye of the Storm here on YouTube. This show will be podcasted through Spotify, Apple, Google, and more. Iowa Northwestern Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Time on BTN. Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close to follow. We've got an interview with uh, Iowa wide, uh, wide receiver commit signee transfer Seth Anderson, son of NFL great Willie Flipper Anderson. That interview will be dropping tomorrow. That's Monday. An episode of Hawkeye Hangout live call-in show on football coming up later in the week. So stay tuned for details on that. One way you can keep attuned to uh, programming here from the Hawkeye of the Storm, following us on Twitter and Instagram, at From the Hawkeye on both platforms, From the Hawkeye of the Storm on Facebook. Turn notifications on, whether we're talking YouTube or any of our social media pages. Follow, subscribe, turn notifications on. It's all free. Thank you for everybody being here. Appreciate uh, the time as always. Please take a moment to share this show on social media. And uh, we'll look forward to Iowa Northwestern Wednesday, a possible fifth straight win for the Hawkeyes, another game at home before they take a, a two-game uh, trip to, uh, let's see, Ohio State and Michigan State. And, of course, after the game, it won't be immediately after the game. I'm telling you that right now. It will not be immediately after the game, but we will have Iowa post game with Coach Gary Close. So stay tuned for updates right after the game 
It's the Chris Street Big Ten Network special on BTN. So full night on Wednesday, an emotional night, but uh, I, for one, am looking forward to it. The Hawkeyes defeating Maryland this evening, 81-67. to Appreciate everybody being here. For Coach Gary Close, I'm Corey Brada here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Have a great night.